Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Monica, host of From Heartbreak to Healed. I'm a life coach for women. I'm a wife, a mama, a granny, and a Christian. I help women turn their heartbreak into joy. After walking my own infidelity journey, it has become my passion to help guide you on your journey. This podcast is for the woman who is ready to heal her heartbreak and find joy on the other side. Let's get started. We're back for another episode, and this week I want to talk about four key pillars that I was willing to experience in order to get to the other side of healing. Last week, we talked about these four stages of infidelity that you kind of have to go through to get to healing. This week, I want to talk about something a little bit different, but it was four important pillars in my journey, and I think they could be really helpful in your journey too. So the first pillar is trust. And I know that is a hard one because that's the thing that's been broken in your relationship when infidelity takes place is the trust. And I'm not talking about that you need to get back to a place of trusting the person who has been unfaithful. I'm not saying this is about trusting your spouse or your partner. It's more about trusting yourself and God and just this overall trust in this thought of all will be well. And so the first part of this trust that I want to talk about, this was the one that once I was able to get to this place, this is when my life really started to change and my eyes were opened more. I was willing to see things as they were. But this this first part of trust was the willingness to trust my intuition because I had lost that over this. My uh, infidelity journey was about a 10-year journey in my marriage. And in that 10 years, off and on, there would be infidelity and then there wouldn't be and then there would. And, and in that 10 years, I just stopped trusting my gut. Number one, probably because if I didn't trust my gut, then I could just be oblivious to what was happening. I knew most of the time when things were going on. There were a few times I was blindsided after the fact. But so learning to trust your intuition, because when you can trust your intuition, it's it guides you on the next right step that you should be taking, whatever that next right step is for you. And then there's this willingness to trust in God's plan and timing. And believing that God's got you, this was his plan all along, and that's what I would say to myself. Okay, this was God's plan all along. I don't understand it. I don't really like it right now. And then I would just, you know, kind of be like, okay, God, I'm trusting in you because I know that you know my story. You know my journey. It's already been written for me. You know the timing 
and I'm going to believe in you. Even though this hurts like heck, I know you've got me. A willingness to trust that the finances will work out, the relationship will work out the way it's meant to work out, the co-parenting will work out if that's coming, your children will be fine. Um, And I love the thought all will be well, because that helps to create trust in you, in your situation, in your outcome. So that's the first pillar of this journey is just this willingness to trust all of the parts of your life outside of that part that trust has been broken. Because like I said, you don't have to trust in your partner at this point. That's a long, hard process that requires a lot of commitment and time. And we can get to healing before we restore trust in our relationship. But willingness to trust in your intuition, willingness to trust in God, willingness to trust that your finances will be okay and that all will be well, will create such good momentum in your life. The second one, the second pillar that I really had to learn was to surrender. Being willing to let go of the ideas and the notions that I had about my life, the willingness to just offer the plan to God and be like, okay, what are we doing today? Because you know my... You know my story better than I do. And when I was able to surrender the ideas that I had held onto about what my life was supposed to look like, then I was able to create this really beautiful life. Because until I let go and learned to surrender, I still clung to this idea that a family was a mom and a dad and the children, and we had dinner together and we went to church on Sunday And I had so many ideas in my head of how it was supposed to be. And yet that was crumbling around me. And I had to learn to be willing to surrender those ideas. And once I did, then I was able to look at the family of just my kids and I and see how much joy was there. See how much happier our household was. See how much healthier I was as a mom. And being willing to surrender those things allowed me to create something amazing for my children. It was a house filled of hope and joy and love and trustworthiness. Because I let go of the idea that dad had to be there to have a good home. So whatever that thing is that you need to surrender, that you're holding on to, maybe it's the thought of divorce. Maybe it's the thought of this should have never happened to me. You can hold on to that thought, but how's it serving you? Because it did happen to you. So are you willing to just surrender? To allow more good things to come into your life. The fourth one is believe. 
This is the one I think I probably coach my clients on the most, is just learning to believe new thoughts, learning to have belief that all will be well, you know, believing that this is your path, that all of this is for you, that you were created for this, that everything you need will always be provided, believing that there is plenty, there's plenty of love, there's plenty of life-giving relationships, there's plenty of finances, there's plenty of family time, like whatever it is that is showing up in scarcity in your life, are you willing to believe that there can be plenty? Are you willing to believe that all will be well? Are you willing to believe that this part of your story can be used for your good? Just stop and think about the stories you've been telling yourself, those beliefs that you've got in your head, whether that's, this should have never happened to me, I'll never be able to trust anyone again, this will be my last relationship. Are those serving you? Are they helping you to create joy? Are they helping you to forgive? Are they helping you to move forward? Because if they aren't, then it's time to decide some new beliefs. So here's what I want you to do when it comes. I'm going to give you some specific action steps for belief because this is what I teach all the time. And this is what I've been practicing for the last several years. So I want you to decide about something in your life, how you want to think about it, what you want to believe about it. Whatever that whatever that thing is that you you need know you need to change that nagging thought or belief that you have that isn't serving you. If you can't think of one, just start with the thought all will be well. Because that can apply to every part of your life. And if you truly walk around believing that about your life, guess what happens? Your life is pretty amazing. So, borrow my thought, all will be well if you need to, create your own thought, and then here's what you're going to do. Here's how you start to believe. You take that thought, and just for the sake of this, we're going to use all will be well, and you just keep thinking it over and over and over. How do you do that? You put it in your phone as reminders. You write it down in your planner every single morning. You put it on a sticky note on your desk. You put it on a sticky note on your bathroom mirror. You put it on a sticky note on your kitchen window. And you just practice it over and over and over. You're driving in the car and you're like, all will be well. You walk through a doorway and you say, all will be well. You get ready to send that partner who has been unfaithful a text message. And before you send it, you say to yourself, all will be well. Because eventually, if you practice saying it enough, then you begin to believe it. And now all of a sudden, this thought that you have been deliberately practicing becomes a default thought in your brain. And just out of default, your brain thinks of that thought. I don't have to 
remind myself anymore that I have the ability to trust a man because I have created that thought, that belief in my mind already. So when I am with my husband, I don't have to remind myself that I can trust him because I have created a belief in that already. Did I in the beginning? Yes. But I've created a default belief that I trust him. And so now, unless he were to do something that would make me lose that trust, I don't have to practice that belief anymore. And so that's how you create belief in your life. And it just takes practice. Last year, I wanted to believe that everywhere I go, I create joy. Guess what? I practiced it all year last year. All year. And everywhere I go, I create joy. To the grocery store, to church, on a walk with my husband, you name it, I can find joy. Because I practiced that deliberate thought enough until I believed it. And this whole believing thing will be the most powerful thing that you do in your life to create the results that you want. Okay, and then the final pillar is receive. This is what I am currently working on myself. This is one that's really hard for me. So, are you willing to take help? Are you willing to receive what has been given? Because God always gives. Are you willing to receive from abundance? Are you willing to receive with joy? And I have spent a lot of the last several years believing I needed to be more of a giver, that I wasn't giving enough, I wasn't doing enough, I needed to give more and be more generous. But what I've really started to realize is I probably need to learn how to be a receiver before I become a giver. Am I willing to receive the gifts that are being given to me in gratitude, from compassion, with joy, in abundance? Am I receiving my gifts believing there will always be more? Or am I receiving my gifts out of scarcity? Believing in the lack and clinging to what's been given to me with the thought that nothing else will come. So I've got to hold on to this. We do this with love. We do this a lot in our relationships. Is there something in your relationship where you've been not willing to receive? Maybe your partner is desperately trying to create trust in the relationship again. Maybe they really do want to work this out. Are you willing to receive their efforts? 
As women, we are so good at giving. We we often give to the point of depleting ourselves. Can we be as good at receiving as we are at giving? Can you take the compliment someone gives you and not poo-poo it away, but say, thank you, like, and really take it? I still get uncomfortable with compliments. My husband, his love language is words of affirmation, and he loves to speak life into people. His words are so life-giving and uplifting. And he'll tell me something, you know, he sees me in a particular way, he thinks of me in a particular way, and... Man, I've had to learn, and I'm still learning, how to receive those words without thinking, oh, he just wants something later. Or, oh, he, you know, he just is a nice guy who says nice stuff. No, he truly means it. He's not afraid to tell me how he sees me. And by me not being willing to receive that fully and with joy and love, negates him and his willingness to be vulnerable in giving. So I think it's a two-way street, and we do a lot of giving. We give to our kids. We, we give to our spouses. We, you know, we give our relationship a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance, fourth chance. But I want you to think about receiving. Is there someone who's offering you help right now? Take it. Take it out of love. Allow it to be how they love you. I had a friend who I was redoing my landscaping when I was going through my divorce. I had bought my own house and my husband at the time kept our other house. So we had we were able to have two houses while we were going through our divorce and I got one and he got one. And I was redoing the landscaping in my new house and there were some rose bushes that had thorns that I wanted to go. And my friend just basically said, you know, my husband and I will be over on Saturday. We're going to take out those rose bushes. I don't think you need to do that by yourself. Now, could I have done it by myself? Yes. Would I have done it by myself? Yes, I would have. I was learning all kinds of things on my own, how to use power tools and cut wood and I mean, all patch holes in walls, like all kinds of things. I could have gotten the job done. And it would have been easy for me to say, oh, you know what? That's so nice of you, but that's okay. I got it. No, I didn't. I just said, okay, that'd be great. And they came over and they ripped those two rose bushes out. And I helped, of course, but we got them out and I was able to plant what I wanted to put there. And I think that was my first lesson in being willing to receive. That same friend blessed me so many times. And then I had other friends. I had these friends come out of the woodwork for me during my divorce and separation. And it was the first time in my life that I really had to learn to be okay with receiving. And I'm grateful that I was because they were a blessing to me. I had a friend who would send me funny divorce memes all the time, and they would just cheer me up so much. I had a friend who stopped by on Valentine's Day, my first Valentine's Day as a single woman, 
with flowers and hot chocolate and a note that said, I just want you to know you're loved by somebody. That single moment of her giving and me receiving was a huge defining moment in my in my story. Huge defining moment. But I had to be willing to receive in order for those blessings to show up in my life. So be on the lookout for ways that you can receive from abundance, with joy, with love. All right, so those are the four pillars. Trust, surrender, believe, and receive. So I want you to take one of those this week and really work on it. If, it, if you need to start with trust, start there. If you need to start with surrender, start there. Wherever you need to start. If you need to just really get some good beliefs going about your life and your current situation and that you'll be okay, start there. That is such powerful work when you learn to take your thoughts captive. You know, in the Bible, Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what belief is. All right, sweet friend. I hope this was helpful for you. Just know I'm I'm thinking about you this week as you walk this journey. That wraps up today's episode. I would love for you to leave a rating with a review. Be sure to check out the show notes for all the other ways that you can hang out with me. If you're looking for more one-on-one help in your healing journey, I'm opening a few more spots for coaching. You'll get 12 weeks of one-on-one coaching with me specific to your needs. You will also get a copy of my Joy Creator Journal, which is literally worth its weight in gold. Fill out the interest form in the show notes and I'll be in touch. Let's get you on the path to creating massive amounts of joy. Much love, Monica. And remember, joy comes in the morning.